A lot of you have been asking me if this Twitter account is really me or if someone's impersonating me. It's at AD Robles Media on Twitter. Oh, it's me. Right, right, let's jump into it today. This is A.D. Robles on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. And yes, it is all true. I have joined Twitter once again. Now, the reason I joined is because I had heard that, uh, that Joe Carter here, pictured in this very lifelike image, uh, had quit Twitter because, well, I mean, he, he quit in a pious blaze of glory because, you know, Twitter has, I guess, tempted him to sin or something like that. And for and for that, you know, if that's true, I am very supportive of him leaving Twitter. Um, but in reality, though, he left because he was exposed for doing what he regularly does, and that is writing a bunch of nonsense on the Gospel Coalition, getting called on it, and then pretending that everyone else is the problem except for him. And and in this case, it was um, it was that Megan uh, Basham article. Um, on the Francis Collins promoting uh, that evangelical leaders did all over the place and how they just, you know, flat out were just wrong about so many things and they they ought to apologize. Uh, They probably won't. They don't really know how to deal with Megan because she's, you know, she's mainstream media as far as, like, popularity is concerned. I don't want to insult her, but uh, it's pretty mainstream. You know, they don't know how to deal with someone who writes for the Daily Wire and also it helps that She's a woman. They're not really sure how to deal with a woman and all of that. And um, he was trying to defend some indefensible stuff. And a few hours later, he decides to leave Twitter. And so basically, he was exposed. And and my thing is, you know, leave Twitter if it's causing you to sin. Definitely. I mean, there's no, there's no shame in that. Uh, but I would argue that you should probably leave the Gospel Coalition as well. Um, you should stop writing blog posts altogether. And do a lot of soul searching for a few years. That's my suggestion. But hey, you don't have to listen to me. Um, some people are saying he just got reassigned, you know, to another division of whatever agency he's a part of. But that's all alleged. Allegedly, I have no knowledge of such things. No knowledge of all at all. But I, I joined Twitter just because, for, just for a laugh, right? Just to post this picture. And uh, but you know, I think I'll stay a while. I think I'll stay a while. And if you peruse my uh, my channel here, you'll notice that I. I'm only following one uh, Twitter page, and that is the Gospel Coalition, um, because that's right, I'm focused on the Gospel Coalition. I got the laser beam eyes here. Some people were thinking it was fake because of the laser beam eyes, you know, because this is a this is very popular in the Bitcoin community. Uh, but I'm appropriating the laser beam eyes from the Bitcoin community. I'm, as you know, I'm not a Bitcoin guy, um, but I'm appropriating this Bitcoin culture. Uh, because I am laser focused on the Gospel Coalition. Now, I would suggest that you keep your eye on the following page of AD Robles Media because I'll, well, I'll just drop a little hint. I will be following other accounts, and it may or may not, but definitely will have some meaning. Um, and you can figure that out and have a good time for yourself. By the way, I just noticed this. I don't know how I missed this. <laughs> Look at how Gospel Coalition. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just noticed this. Look at how Gospel Coalition describes itself. The Gospel Coalition supports... Let me Hold on. Let me get my voice. Let me get my voice ready. <clears throat> the Gospel Coalition supports the church by providing resources that are trusted 
Winsome and wise, trusted and timely. Now, the first thing to notice about this is the alliteration. Trusted and timely. I mean, it's pretty lame, but they're, they're trying to do something cute there. I mean, trusted... Yeah, I think some people still trust them. That that trust has been diminishing over time, and we will definitely be exploring that in the great upcoming podcast series, The Rise and Fall of the Gospel Coalition. Oh, man, I'm working on it really hard, guys. I'm going to get it out there as soon as I can, but I want it to be good. And so uh, it's, 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 it's turning out to be pretty good. Trusted, timely. I guess timely, but it's actually anti-timely when you really think about it. Like Gospel Coalition, it's like it's like the opposite of timely. So it, it, whatever they're writing about, it's already become irrelevant. So like if they're talking about uh, QAnon, it's been money many many months since QAnon has been relevant. If they're writing about um you know how you shouldn't be peer pressured into not getting the vaccine when you really know it's the right thing to do, you know that it's really not the right time for that. In fact, the op it's the op- time to write the opposite article. And so they're very timely. I guess if you set your watch like in opposite land and you want to tell time by whatever the opposite of the time is, I mean, I guess you could do that. You could you could tell time by whatever the opposite time is. I mean, the way we do our clocks here in the United States, it's like, you know, 12 a.m. is if you want to put your clock at 12 a.m. to know that it's 12 p.m., I mean, it'll be accurate. But I mean, you could well, it won't be accurate, but you could tell the time anyway. So it's like anti-timely. It is definitely winsome. But, you know, I don't know if it's winsome for the right reasons. And wise, definitely not. Winsome and wise. They got that alliteration going on there. It's, it's very interesting stuff. In any case, uh, I did want to just comment on, I'm not going to read the whole article, but this article here by Trevin Wax called The Remedy for the Church's Post-COVID Malaise. And when I saw that title, you know, I, I, well, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I may have... I may have said a bad thing in my mind, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Where it's just like these people—they've got some, they've some, they've got some gall. They really do. That because, because, you know, the the reality is that 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 Gospel Coalition told everybody that it wasn't loving your neighbor to go to church. You know, you and if you did go to church, you know, you had to wear a mask and you separate the the families and you got the mat and you get the vaccine and stuff like that. And and for a long time they said just don't go to church because, you know, it's too dangerous to go to church and all of that kind of stuff. And 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 many of these pastors were doing this. They were they were not holding services um but they were going to Black Lives Matter rallies and things of that nature. I'm sure they were going to the store to buy food and stuff like that. But definitely too dangerous for church, but not too dangerous to go to Walmart to pick up your groceries. Now, now, at the time, you know, a lot of churches were doing it. And then it, it was well past time to go back to church. I mean, probably it was, it was never appropriate, looking back on it. It was never appropriate to close your church down. And that's something that I got wrong in the beginning and that I've since, you know, changed my mind about. Um, but, the, but the truth is that for a very long time after it was well past time to go back to church for everybody, a lot of Gospel Coalition people were still not holding services. In fact, they were trying to encourage you not to go back to services. When you, If you remember when John MacArthur wrote his uh, very good article about how they're not going to you know, you know, listen to the government anymore and all of that, Gospel Coalition was encouraging you for years 
or months rather, to not go to church. And it created a culture that, you know, basically it was okay to not go to church anytime you felt the sniffle, right? And so the reality is that, um, that, that if there is post-COVID malaise, these are the guys that did it to you, right? They're the ones who encourage you to have this kind of post-COVID malaise. So they're the cause of the disease, and now they're trying to heal the disease with a blog post, right? And, and this article describes you know, people that are very stressed out uh, post-COVID and church and pastors that are, oh, poor, it's, a, it's a very low-key, it's, oh, poor me, it's hard to be a pastor kind of an article. And, you know, it's, it's lamenting the fact that there's a lot of people that are disengaged with church. And it's like, well, no wonder, guys, you guys are the ones who, when John MacArthur was trying to lead the charge to go back to church, yes, he was wrong. He should have been in church the whole time. We get it. We look back and we, we can see our errors. But when he was trying to lead that charge again, you were like, no, wait, hold on, guys. We can't go to church. And it's like, so, so you know, now you're lamenting that people are disengaged. You don't have as many volunteers and all of that kind of thing. And it's like, listen, th- th- it reminds me of the government, right? It-, it reminds me of the government. It's like the government will, will do something and cause a tremendous problem in society, whether it's with the economy, whether it's with, you know, a certain community or whatever. And then they're like, oh, man, this is a huge problem. Like, and then they're like, vote for me so I can fix the problem. But you're the one who created the problem. But the thing is, a lot of times people will continue to vote for the very people that created the problem. Like the problems that are that the economy is facing right now were caused by all the same people that you're going to be voting in to office next time around. And they're going to somehow convince you that they're the ones that know how to fix it when they're the ones who actually caused the problem in the first place. Gospel Coalition is so similar. Everything that they do, every play that they have, all of the rhetoric that they use, it is so similar to to the government. It's it's un it's unreal. So 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 Trevin Wax's buddies caused this problem of post-COVID malaise, and now they're telling you, "Well, we can fix it for you. Don't worry, we can fix it." Uh, no, Trevin, we don't we don't we don't fall for this kind of stuff anymore. But the other thing I want to mention is that. Lots of churches don't have post-COVID malaise. Now, I've mentioned my brother, my, my biological brother, his church never closed, not even once. And it's not to say that they didn't think about it. They did think about it. They thought about it, and it came up again and again and again. And God uh, was so great, uh, merciful to these people, and he put it in their hearts to remain open the entire time. No mandates, no mask mandates, no nothing. And they uh, are honoring God, and they're thriving, you know, my church, um, you know, we did close for a little bit, but we, we saw the light very early on, and we've resolved as a church, we're never closing again, there are no mask mandates, none of that, nothing, and we're thriving. We're thriving, and there's unity, and there's love, and, you know, we greet each other with holy kisses and all of that kind of thing, and, you know, we're, we're thriving. So we don't have the post COVID malaise. And again, this is not surprising. If you encourage people to not go to church when it's inconvenient or a little risky, then they're not going to come when it's inconvenient or a little risky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, I just don't understand. This is not a... This... Guys, don't follow the people that caused the problem in the first place. They don't know what they're taught. They should have known back then. They didn't. They never learned their lesson. And now they're saying, well, we can teach you these five simple ways to beat post-COVID malaise. Now, I found this paragraph 
especially interesting. I mean, again, this is uh, this is uh, one of those poor poor me. It's hard to be a pastor kind of articles. Here's what Trevin says. It's been almost two years since COVID altered our lives. I hear pastors and church leaders talk about surviving the pandemic spiritually and emotionally and then enduring the fallout in their congregations. Wow. Wow. So, uh, pastors, so, shock. I know this is shocking. You shut down your church and then people left your church. Wow. I mean, it is. This is this is this is shocking news. Like you closed for some churches are still closed, and this well we lost members. Yeah, because you banned them from coming to worship. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is it hurts me spiritually. Well, what what do you mean? Well, because people are leaving. It's like well, but didn't you shut down for a year? <laughs> you did it to yourself. I mean, and this is the thing. This is why these poor me. It's hard to be a pastor. Articles are so um, poisonous. Is because what should be happening here is the pastor should be taking a good look in the mirror and then searching those scriptures on his knees, praying to the Lord to show him the truth of the scriptures, and they should be changing their ways, right? It's your fault that people have left your church when you shut down for a year. That's your fault. Because what should be happening is they should see the error of their ways and be like, Lord, forgive me. I should not have banned my people from worshiping you the way you've commanded us to do it in the scripture for a year. And now I'm reaping the reward from that. My church is split apart. It's stressful. And there's fallout in the church. I don't even know if this is sustainable in the long term. God, please forgive me. Please forgive me and be with me and help me to change my ways. That's what should be happening. Repentance. That's essentially the shorthand way of saying it, right? But instead what happens is Gospel Coalition gives them a platform to complain. And by the way, it's not just Gospel Coalition. You know, the pagans are giving a lot of these pastors platforms as well. We, we covered that, that, uh, that Atlantic article with that Wiener guy and, uh, and all that. There's a lot of other organizations that will do this. And instead of soul-searching and repentance of, of what you did wrong, what you're getting is... <sighs> These, these people, these, these sheep that you gave me to shepherd, Jesus, they're, they're, they're more shepherded by Tucker Carlson. They're just idiots. They're just so stupid. This is so hard to be me. It's stressful. And they complain and whine it like little babies. And because they're allowed to do this and they're not called out by people that have more credibility than A.D. Robles' YouTube channel, they are allowed to do this and they never are going to change their ways. They're never going to see that it's their fault that their churches are worse than they've ever been. It's their fault because they closed worship for a year. When you close worship for a year, you are essentially banning your people from worshiping God according to how the scripture is said. And you know what? The good uh, people, that the, the righteous that, that you've banned from worship, you know what they're going to do? They're not going to sit on their hands and be like, well, I guess I can't worship because pastor said I can't. It's too dangerous. You know, COVID, COVID-19 is worse than the bubonic plague. Um, they're, they're not going to just sit on their hands and do that because they're going to say, yeah, well, my pastor, you know, he's going to do what he has to do. I'm going to do what I have to do for me and my family because as for me and my house, we're going to honor and serve the Lord. So they're going to go find a real church that's not going to ban them from worship. And that's what they've done. They haven't left the faith. They've left your church because you banned them for worship for a reason that was completely inappropriate according to the word of God. And so they write this, poor me. Oh. Here's, what he, here's what he says. Listen, listen. Many, many harbor grave concerns 
depends about ministry right now and about the long-term sustainability of those who have been tasked with leading the church. Yeah, that's right. You should worry about that because when you're a hireling, you have no job security. You understand? When you're a hireling, you have no job security because pastors are employed by the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Pastors, their provision comes from the Lord Jesus Christ who provides abundantly everything that we need, everything that, that, um, that we need in order to, to have that sustainability, to have security. We trust in the Lord. And, and, and here's the thing. We show our gratitude and our love to God by obeying what he says. How do you abide in the love of Christ? I, I love this verse because this is a verse that most evangelicals will get wrong. How do you abide in the love of Christ? It's not by having a coffee sesh, uh, a coffee sesh where you're reading your Bible and you post a picture on Instagram, right? It's not by buying a scented candle with a Bible verse on the side and having your having your, uh, your your study. You know what I mean? That's not how you do it. You abide in the love of Christ by obeying what He says, right? And so, yes, you should have grave concerns about ministry right now if you shut your church down for more than a couple of weeks. Now, honestly. We all understand that you shouldn't have shut your church down at all. Again, hindsight is twenty twenty. Sometimes we got to learn lessons the hard way. But if you were one of these guys that was like for months and months and months and months and months shut down, and then when you opened back up, you had mask requirements and vaccine requirements and separate sections for people that were clean and unclean, depending on if they were wearing a mask and, and stuff like that. If that was you, you never learned your lesson. You have every reason in the world to be concerned with ministry right now because there is no long-term sustainability for hirelings like like you. Trevin will speak kindly to you. Look at Trevin. Here he is. Trevin will see you in sin, in deep sin, because you shut down your church, and he will speak kind words to you, and he'll say, Speak kindly to you, and he'll pat you on the back and tell you everything will be okay because Trevin doesn't care about you one iota. Hardly anyone at Gospel Coalition cares about you, pastor, who shut down your church for a year because the government told you to and is now wondering about the long-term sustainability of your church. He doesn't care, but I do. I would never give you a platform to say, poor me, it's hard to be a pastor. Look at these idiots. They f follow Tucker Carlson more than they follow Christ. I would never allow you to do that without challenging you because the reality is you have no sustainability. You have no long-term outlook on your ministry because you're a slave of the government's propaganda system instead of a slave of Christ. Because if you were a slave of Christ, you would have recognized how you've been duped by the government and you would have opened your church, no restrictions, basically immediately. But you didn't. And you still haven't learned your lesson two years later. It's been over, over almost two years since COVID altered our lives. That's true. You've had two years to figure this out. And you're still whining and complaining like a little baby instead of looking at yourself and figuring out what you did wrong. Anyway. Just a nice, nice, light little podcast today. I mean, the, the article goes on about how stressful, you know, politicization is and debates over health measures and racial injustice and all the, oh, and social media slander. Did you know that pastors have to deal with social media slander? Even if they did have to deal with social media slander, like, dude, grow up. 
Sticks and stones. I mean, kids were making fun of me when I was in kindergarten. And you know what? We, we grew up. We grew up sticks and stones, man. But the thing is, you don't even have to deal with internet slander. What you have to deal with is someone saying, dude, this church shut down for two years. Like, that's ridiculous, which is all true. It's not slander if it's true. So, yeah, you have to deal with, with having to actually answer for your ridiculous words, for your unbiblical teaching. You have to answer for it. That's not slander. It might be stressful, but it's not slander. You know, you know when it's not stressful? Let, let, me, let me explain something that's not stressful. I had an article written about me that actually did slander me because it lied about me. But when I read it, you know what, I, you know what, was, what, what, what my reaction was? No stress at all. In fact, I counted it a joy that people were, were, were trying to insult me by saying I believed God's law too much. Now, they don't understand God's law, so they said it said something that it didn't say. So that was the slander part. They said that I was believing something that I didn't believe because it was God's law. So, yes, they slandered me, but I didn't care too much because what they were really doing was saying, look at this extremist fundamentalist. He actually believes God's law. And I'm like... Praise God. <laughs> That's a hit piece where you're upset with me for believing God's law. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. But yeah, I'm sure it is very stressful when, when you have to actually answer for your ridiculous sermons and your plagiarism and uh, you know, you're circling the wagons and the fact that you ban people from worship for years and the fact that you're still dividing up your congregation according to how clean they are, depending on if they're vaccinated or masked or whatever. And uh, how you have, se- oh, se- se- I visited this one church, my goodness, I'm not gonna name it, it's a small church. They're like, we're not gonna sing because it's too dangerous. We're just just kind of sing quiet, you know, hum quietly to yourself, you know, when you're masked, you know. <laughs> I'll never go back to that church. I'm not going to ever, ever allow my kids to see that pathetic display of, of, of just fear. Just absolute fear and not of God. In any case, yeah, if you want to read this article, I'm sure there's some tidbits in there. that are some morsels that are probably pretty good, but I'm not, uh, I'm not about to dig through a bunch of doo-doo to find some good morsels. Uh, I hope you found this podcast helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.